0: We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we begin our largely annual but not always entirely annual look at the new series of Doctor Who with the Series 10 opener called The Pilot by Stephen Moffat. Bill Potts is taken for a meeting with The Doctor, a mysterious university lecturer who has been at the university for over 50 years. The Doctor's lectures are legendary, and he has noticed that Bill who is not a student, attends his lectures. He likes that Bill smiles when others frown when faced with concepts they don't understand. He offers to get Bill into the university and act as Bill's private tutor. Months pass and they form a bit of a friendship. Then, one day, a girl that Bill fancies shows Bill a puddle with a weird reflection. The reflection ultimately eats the girl and turns her into wet heather. A watery, drippy space pilot. Bill runs to the doctor, who reveals that he is actually a time and space traveling alien. They race away from wet heather in his London police box-shaped time machine called the TARDIS. They travel around the world to the far side of the universe millions of years in the future, and then to the dalek Movellan War in an attempt to shake wet heather, all to no avail. Finally, Bill must release Wet Heather from her earthly promise to take Bill with her, Uh, but not before showing Bill what it would be like to travel the universe. Bill wants that, and after a bit of coaxing, the Doctor agrees. Okay, so the pilot, Stephen Moffat's made a big deal out of uh, saying this is a sort of a reboot, a new beginning, a new start, a jumping on point, whatever you want to call it for um, Doctor Who, for people who... Perhaps don't want to be invested uh, in, in years of whatever. So, mm-hmm. what'd you think? I'm more curious about what you thought. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Uh, that's an interesting way of turning uh, turning tide on it. Well, so what did I think? I thought um, it was kind of light on story and logic, um, but that it was mostly just meant as a character piece. To show the friendship uh, forming between Bill and the doctor, and in that respect, it worked fine. Um, uh-huh. I, I I appreciate um, that Bill is capable of realizing there's science fiction in the world and applying those concepts to these strange happenings. Uh, that that's always been a pet peeve of mine in science fiction programs. That you know people don't jump to the obvious uh, science fiction explanation, uh, like lizards living in brains and things like that. And so in that, uh, in that respect, um, yeah, I, I, it was inoffensive. I didn't dislike it in any way, shape, or form. I wasn't raving about it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I you know, thought the, the Movellans were wasted, the Daleks were wasted. Um, the, the, the threat of wet heather was a bit of a damp squib. Um, But again, it was really just about getting the doctor uh, in that uh, tutorial mentor uh, uh, role that we Uh had for so many years uh, with the doctor and his companions. So Uh um, that I like. I like that very much, that, that we've hopefully completely and utterly dispensed of the companion has the hots for the doctor crap because i'm sick of that
1: or the doctor picks the companion because there's something very mysterious you know like a clara
0: situation that too i'm i'm so pleased that the mystery does not appear to be in any way shape or form anything to do with bill bill is just somebody that the doctor has taken a liking to because of her attitude uh-huh. in in his classes, she wants to learn, she's eager to learn, she likes hard concepts, and the doctor sees something of value there and decides to make a difference and and i I really like that setup a lot so in that respect, good, good around
1: I would say uh, I mean all around, I liked the episode enormously, but from a purely analytical standpoint, I agreed with every Point You just made absolutely everyone by the numbers.
0: Those are the exact same reasons why I liked it. So, uh, you know, I, I have I have hopes. I have hope. It's kind of like the it's kind of like the preface.
1: Well, you know what I was gonna say is this this felt sort of like a throwback. To a more classic Who, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I mean, you did, you, you, made a very good point on this one where you said it's it's light on story but more strong on character development. And you know, there have been other Doctor Who stories, you know, in years past during the classic years that the the plot was thin, but it was really about just watching the interactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that respect, it felt very much like that. I mean, the threat was ridiculous. Yes, the Daleks, Movellans. I mean, uh, although I, I did hear somewhere, and I'm, I'm now becoming convinced that it was, it was a load of rubbish, what I heard or what, what I'd read, but that the Daleks were supposed to appear in every single episode of the season. And I hope that's not true, because that'd just be the worst gimmick of all.
0: That would. I, I, I don't think that's going to be this series gimmick. Obviously, that vault and why the Doctor has been protecting it for over, well, at least 60 yeah. years is the – That's the best of and who he made the promise to? Since it's a Gallifrey involved, yeah. it's it's clearly got Gallifreyan writing on it. You know that that's that's this season's bad wolf, right? Is the vault, uh, and
1: that's that's what I was wondering. I mean, there's clearly that's that's the big issue for this season, but it it wasn't something that they were just completely dangling in front of us. I mean, it, it maybe they are playing it like bad wolf, which was just these little you know hints here and there. I mean that only someone with a really good eye would catch them, and you know if that's the case. Well, I suppose for the beginning, it's it's all right, uh, but for the most part, I, I just thought this was a fun frolic, and it it really reminded me a lot of why I liked Doctor Who so much in the first place. I mean the plots were
0: ridiculous, but it was about the characters, I and like the, I like ridiculous plots. I mean I like wild, far-fetched plots too, but I I have to admit. You know this one. Well, this one was thin. It was thin. It was it was water, very watered thin. down. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I, I saw what you just did there. I that was definitely yeah, just spontaneous too. I had not written that one down as a th- I, but but you know there was no actual threat. Now, no, there wasn't. Sometimes that's okay. Sometimes you get the whole storyline yeah. where we we thought it was a, a threat, but really we just don't understand each other, and sometimes. Sometimes that works, and sometimes that can be very powerful not but here, it, not here no, it didn't work here no, in fact, it was a waste and so you know I think
1: uh, it you know, was a, it was a it was a bad excuse in order to just you i mean again, you know the real meat of this is the dynamic between the doctor and bill mm-hmm. as as he, as he is introducing her to this greater universe, and there were plenty of moments. Purely from a character standpoint, that I thought were absolutely dynamite. The the part that just is, is really sad, though, is it was all built on a false premise, and that is that this thing is a threat to them. Yeah. And I, that is the one thing, really. I mean, even though they're, you know, like you said, you know, the Daleks and the Movellans, I mean, total castaways, things like that. Uh, lots of callbacks to past you know past episodes, past characters, whatever. But none of that bothered me. What bothered me is why this is all going on. And that mm-hmm. is wet heather. And mm-hmm. I did not like that. Especially since when we first um are introduced to the the puddle, and you know, we hear a voice. There's there's this very malevolent a very, sounding A
0: very vo- Santaran voice.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, there was something very not friendly about it and you know it it felt threatening so i i thought okay well here is here's the antagonist no it's 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 worse than just misunderstood
0: the effect, it's 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 badly portrayed the the effect gave the illusion that the puddle was very deep and that there was something down there looking up right and that there was a hand reaching up at one point
1: mhm
0: and well, the one he- the, the hand that we
1: finally saw that was Heather's though. Was that Heather in the? Yes, because I watched it. I watched it three times, and that was Heather's hand. The one the one hand because she's already been taken. But we
0: still have the, the we still hear the ship in the alien voice. Yeah, we right? still have that still, like, because it, it's Ashton still sentient. Been the, uh, yeah, it's still sentient. So we
1: still have that. You know, so there's a lot of really bizarre answers. I mean, that uh, it, it's worse than just a MacGuffin. I mean, we're just thrown something that is not supposed to make any sense whatsoever, and then we're supposed to misunderstand it. I did not like that one bit.
0: We're, we're and, it, and,
1: and, it, oh, and I also want to add, it was very badly executed in terms of the whole re- reflection bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody caught this, but I, when I watched it the third time, there's a really bad gaffe. And that is um, when Bill is looking in the reflection with the doctor – now I don't know if anybody noticed, but she's wearing this very black and white type T-shirt, hmm. and the white part of the, the shirt is over her left chest. So me as the viewer, I'm seeing it on her. To me, it, it appears to be on her right, and when in the reflection, uh, well, <laughs> because it's, it's over her, it's over her left chest. As is the Wow patch. Okay, when she looks in the reflection. The wow patches moved,
0: but the ref- uh, the the shirt has not. Ah, well, they got the hair right. I mean, she's got, they got her, the hair right. She got her moss yeah. hair from It Crowd. I noticed uh, that <laughs> with the part and everything. <laughs> Which uh, I always assumed that that was not a style, but was in fact intended to be something completely freakish. But uh, okay. I think it's a style. Great. <laughs> I thought it was something freakish. It turns out it's a style. <clears throat> says something for style.
1: Um yeah, well, hey, you know, we are <sighs> as you once said, we're old. You know, we're not part of the young crowd anymore, so we I don't really I want my relate.
0: hair to look like Pac-Man, please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: um so there was there was that one gaff. Uh but again, it it was the the whole bit with the the that puddle was so not well developed. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I did not care for that.
0: It, it, it was badly thought out. But then what worked really well was the bathroom scene. And I don't mean the one in Australia. I mean the one in Bill's flat with, you know, you come home, somebody's in the shower. Oh, that was good. That was very, um, I was going to ask the question. I mean, that was, that was very good in a way. Uh, it was tense. Um, you know, she pulls back. Then you can see the wet footprints going over to the other place. And it's like, why the why the creature didn't appear to Bill at that point and talk to her, I don't know. That seemed to be the point of following her. But um, here's my question. Bill, umbrella, all alone in the house. Should you go into the room where somebody's taking apparently taking a shower? Or should you just call the police and get out?
1: Oh, I'd be out of there in a heartbeat with my phone. And a heartbeat. I would not be looking.
0: No. I mean, I'm guessing that they're trying to show that Bill is courageous and not afraid of him. Yes. And I, and I really did kind of sit back and think about this one for a little bit because under normal circumstances, I would be on the phone to the police uh-huh. immediately. There's, there's courageous and then there's stupid. There's courageous and there's stupid. And the question is, at what point do you feel that the intruder is at a disadvantage to the point where you might push that? And I'm kind of halfway thinking that if they're completely naked taking a shower, you might actually have them at a disadvantage. And also, what kind of criminal would break into your house and take a shower? It, it almost feels like this has got to be a, a misunderstanding. Like, this has got to be her stepmom or her foster mom or whatever the heck she is, uh, a, a boyfriend who's over at the house and or something. So I, I kind of was almost on the edge saying, M- maybe, this is, a, this is a maybe. This is as close as I ever get to a maybe for the companion actually doing something, uh, uh, you know, on the floor, as as I've probably ever gotten in Doctor Who. Usually it's turn around and run. And this one was like, I don't know. I I might. Of course, it'd be different if I was, you know, not six foot three. Um, It it does make a difference when you're weighing these things. Um, That probably if I were Bill's height and build and weight, um, that would be a different equation. So, I don't know. But it was a creepy scene. It was a good... It was very very well done. Very creepy. Uh,
1: I really didn't get much thought about... Uh was it smart, was it stupid, is it brave, you know, for, for Bill to, to go ahead and do that. I just I, I just
0: took it as Moffat wrote the scene in order to create a creepy element. A creepy effect. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. There was uh there was that. So um let's see. We haven't mentioned Nardal. I was Nardole. about to mention Nardal.
1: This is the second time that we've seen him. Uh we had, we had him at the Well well second since
0: Husbands of River Song. Okay. Okay, fair enough. And now we understand why he's uh, managed to get his body back. It's a robot body, I'm guessing. That's that seemed to be the implication of the nut on the, the, out of his arm. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. And the creaky that noises sense, that he makes, actually,
0: of all it things, does make sense. sense.
1: It makes a lot of sense. Questions I mean, is, you know, is it nice. still human? Uh, could very well be. I'm willing to bet that it probably is, and that's just you know, it like it was attached to the the robot body of
0: that makes him a Cyberman.
1: Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah, in a way. So it'll be interesting when when we finally get to that point of the series. Spoilers. Yeah, well,
0: that one's been pretty spoiled across the board.
1: I know, really across the board. Uh, But for anybody who hasn't watched the trailers, but it was funny how a lot of people were responding to that. I was seeing social media and Twitter and Facebook and everybody's wondering, Nardal, how did you get to be there after everything that happened you know, Husbands of River Song? And I hope we get an explanation. I'm like, well, I think it's kinda of, kind of implied. I mean if you want it told to you, I'm I guess at some point there might be a line, but gee, I think kind of I think you mean kind after of spelled this it out or
0: after Doctor Mysterio. After this one? After this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this one is clear. In Doctor Mysterio, it is it's a little weird. It's, it's like, well, wait. The last time we saw him, he you was, had no head. He was been, or you had into a head a but no body. This right. answer makes perfect sense. You he know, has a and robot they gave, body. He gave him a better robot body, and the doctor would be in a position to do that. And he has a valet or a butler or whatever he is, manservant, dog's body. How, how did how did you like him? Oh, the character in this. <clears throat> I um. You know, I was, I was fine with him in Dr. Mysterio and, uh, and, and I think for the most part, he was fine in this one. I didn't have too many. He's a little, he could dangerously drift off into comedy land too quickly, I think. So that's going to be a fine line. As long as he's a humorous companion, but not the comic relief, I'm fine with that. Um, Although he did have some really good comical moments,
1: he he did that and, that, and that were, didn't that didn't cross the line either. I but thought. they were close. There's a couple of places they I got they were really close. Cl- what was what were some of the ones that, that you felt got close?
0: <sighs> I can't remember those. I remember the ones that didn't like him explaining the TARDIS. You know, basically using Tom Baker's explanation. Yeah, I love that. Simplifies it into a big box, little box, then put them together. That's where people fail. That kind of stuff. I'm I am stuck on really, that second one. <laughs> really liked when Bill finally clogged on. That the oh, that was is, great. And they're like, hey, hey finally we there. finally got there. You know? Keith, and
1: I was, Keith and I laughed so hard because one of the things that was getting really tiresome, I mean, okay, it, if, if they had continued to just always say it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, you know, time and time and time and time and time and time again, it would have been fine. But then Moffitt last year threw a monkey wrench. Uh-huh. When he had – with Clara, when she said it's smaller on the outside than it is on the inside, and Matt Smith's doctor says, oh, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, when, once Moffat threw that one in the air, it's like, OK, if you're just to go back now, if you just go back and say it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, it's going to be a letdown. You need, to do, you need to have a twist on it. This was a really good twist when she first keeps thinking it's a knock-through. I thought that was great. Oh, no, it's a lift. Okay,
0: so so now, I- admittedly, we're being set up that it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Is trite? It's used every time. It's you know overused. Moffat has made the play. He even got his chance for Capaldi's doctor to to do it in the way he's always wanted to do it uh, in the Husbands of River Song. Um, but sometimes. Some things would play out the same every time, don't yeah. you think? I mean, they should not, I mean, not I introduced think... to the concept. If you walked into a box and it was bigger on the inside, you would say something to that effect. I'm going to say that exact words, but right and pretty so much the audience shouldn't get this sort of jaded. Oh yes, here it comes. The thing, but you could understand the doctor doing it, and that's funny. You know, this like okay, if I the know this doctor is gonna happen, way, the doctor responds that way. Yes, well, remember, now, yeah. Rory did it. Didn't do it either. Remember when he walked into the TARDIS for the first time? God, it's and, been so long I don't remember. And he uh, the doctor said something to the effect of, aren't you going to say something about it? And he says, what? Well, it's dimensionally transcendental. I've been reading <laughs> up, right? I mean, Rory had been... That's right. Studying. I forgot he about did, that. He did do that. Uh, I don't know if he used... I think he used dimensionally transcendental, but he said he expressed some concept that, that mits with the relative dimensions of the, the TARDIS and uh you know it was it was the first time i think that somebody broke that mold um even before clara obviously cuz it's amy but anyway uh yeah so i like i i liked that um <sighs> especially that whole lead up it's oh, taking I know a longer I like. than normal this time isn't it uh, yeah i i know what i didn't like i didn't like the I loved that they handed him the fourth Doctor Sonic screwdriver and told him to grunt interference, but his running around, running the Sonic on the control panels was was, that was that part that that was. I I thought that was a little unnecessary. I didn't care for it. You, You you are you are in a battle with the Daleks. That is not the time to be doing a Three Stooges routine. Yeah, you know. So that I wasn't yeah uh-uh. eh. or, or, or but there or, or wasn't much of second it, doctor of the team he was a little bit doing a second doctor there uh, like an in invasion when the cybermen are firing at the doctor and he's jumping whoo, 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 whoo. he was doing a little bit of that so maybe that was the callback there but it, yeah it didn't it didn't fit the tone of the rest of the uh the the situation so I I were and of course because it's Matt Lucas you know I you have to. It's it's like when everybody was worried that Catherine Tate was going to take it too far because of what Catherine Tate is known for. Matt Lucas is known for his comedy, and people are expecting him to be playing it comedy. And right. I, I I like comedy in the show, but I want it to be comedic comedic in context of the drama. So. Right. So, yeah, no, that was uh, that was fine. I also loved the uh, the, the desk full of sonic uh, screwdrivers. In the- that was cute. Even even Troughton's was in yeah. the old pen light. I
1: know. wouldn't mind having, you know, that, that made me think, gee, I, I would love to have a coffee cup and just collect all these different models of sonic screwdrivers and just toss them in there just, just because. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I do have a large collection of them here in the house, but I do not have them in a coffee cup. So... <laughs> Well, I'm
1: afraid to set them up in a coffee cup. I mean, I would, I don't want to do it here cats because the cats again, will yeah. take it. And if I take it to work, uh, it'll disappear when I'm not looking. Mm, yeah. A lot of hoovians. There's a lot of hoovians at where I work.
0: Well, that's something.
1: Yeah. It's, it's uh, not all giz- awful. Giz- no, it isn't.
0: <laughs> so. All right. Well, let's take a look here. One thing I was very, 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 very disappointed for. This is something that I feel Peter Capaldi has been cheated on. So bad. You know, I I feel for the man. I really do. This is, he has got to be the world's biggest Doctor Who fan that has become the Doctor. Beating out David Tennant um, by some distance. And so, I'm very pleased that he's going to get the Battle of Mondasi and Cybermen later in the year because that's something he's wanted to do. And I hope that they're indulging him this year with, you know, what he gets to do. But, he has been stuck with the worst theme music since Sylvester McCoy. Oh, yeah. And they did not get rid of the, the tortured rataphone music. Yeah, the I was moment- so hoping that was gone. Ah, uh,
1: The moment I... Oh, no, they're not going to get rid of that. Not until they regenerate him. <sighs> That's
0: his music. But they changed Matt Smith's a little. Yeah. You know, they could have got rid of the rataphone. It's the, the rataphone I don't like. I, he, I think it... If,
1: I think if he had stuck around another year, then maybe they would have done that. But being that this is Moffat's last year, and then and, and now we learn that is definitely Capaldi's last year, they probably thought, "Oh, why bother?" Had he been sticking around another year, they thought, oh, you know, maybe you know, let's okay, let's switch it up a little bit." But it's it's everybody knows this is this is the final season for both Moffat and Capaldi. Why change it? We're going to change it again next year.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. mm Mhm. It's all about.
1: I think it's all about uh, production practicalities, like they,
0: like they buy off on production practicalities in these shows. See, it's probably a union thing. No, we have to change up the credits every two years, otherwise. Well, it's it's like we got to change doctors every three. I just. I I mean, I I so. You know, Capaldi's doctor. um, We we've talked about this before, but, and and Colin Baker's doctor. this this concept that showrunners keep coming back to every once in a while this is we want to make the doctor an alien again we want to make him have a different set of morality than the humans that he's dealing with again that led us to the companion strangling sixth doctor and the you know she cares so i don't have to 12th doctor of his first year and colin baker got got shafted because he didn't want to be playing it that way. He wanted, you know, he had his own ideas, and he wanted to tone it down, and he wanted certain characteristics, and um, you know, it had a very negative impact on the audiences. And I think that is true with Capaldi when he came into it. Now he's into his third year, and he's a completely different character. Oh, absolutely!
1: I think than what we got. Uh, well, are you talking about in terms of how Capaldi has grown into the role? Yes. Because I think what we got, I, this one I thought was amazing. This was the most likable Capaldi doctor I've seen yet. You there know, was something that there was there was something you know, and I hate to use the word, but there was something very almost grandfatherly about him. You know, and, and a, a bit of a callback again to the Hartnell years. You know, with especially with all the you know the the flashes to the the photos of Susan. What? Uh but I but I thought I found him to be generally uh, ge- genuinely uh
0: very likable in this one. Well, you know, I, so I, obviously he has his his um era of Doctor Who too and we know that there's a certain Pertwee influence on that. But if you think about it, Pertwee was such a was very nice most of the time and then occasionally he was an obnoxious uh uh particularly when it had to do with the military and stuff
1: well, and it, well, if he didn't see his if he didn't see anything his way, he got really gruff with you, right,
0: but he was so sweet and so protective of of joe and and i and I have a feeling that's what they're going for here i I have the you know he took Joe under his wing and he was trying to improve her, and I see that's you know i don't i don't i don't see it, taking Pertwee again, I don't see that exactly in the same. Situation as with Sarah Jane Smith. Sarah Jane Smith was a competent adult, and and it, she was a companion. She was he was obviously fatherly towards her, but there wasn't that quite mentorship that uh. was there with Joe or with Leela. Um, you know, Leela was a project for the Doctor, right? And and I think this is what they're setting up here with Bill is that. That the doctor has is gonna take her under his wing, and he was, you know, getting her in school and getting her passed through all these classes that were high level. And
1: well, it's not necessarily a bad thing like because it. no, 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 no. Oh, well, yeah, because I, really because, like it. Uh, I re- you know, I'm as you said, you know, I, I, it does call back a bit to the Pertwee, uh, Joe Grant years, and there was some very good episodes that came out of that time, especially when you're talking about the dynamic again. Uh, mm-hmm. you you would see some really great interplay that would go on and it's the same thing with I mean you know I'm not saying that every single episode of Doctor Who w- that had Leela, you know not all of them were uh, you know Grand Slams invisible enemy, <coughs> but there were a number of them that oh, were goodness. quite strong. yeah, there were a number of them that were they are really quite strong and again it's it, it, it's this dichotomy of characters you know the 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 very wise, uh, technologically smart scientist and, and and the savage in terms of, you know, Leela. And here we've got um, the, the, the professor in a way, mm-hmm. you know, although I, I don't want to refer to the Sylvester McCoy era. Mm, sorry.
0: Uh, anyway, so uh, one thing, though, we did get a little of old Capaldi. So I, I appreciate that. So, for example, Christmas. Mm-hmm. never even thought to get her a present. Right, he was just completely. Right. C- but by virtue of having a time machine, he went. He back, took care of it. Took all those pictures so that Bill. I mean, which, what an incredibly. It was a very thoughtful thing to do. Right, I mean, it, it was, but it was an incredibly not thoughtful thing to not have gotten her the Christmas present in the first place. Conf- right, I mean, yeah, I mean, you it's, could it's, arguably say have hey, been given tutoring you for at least months here, uh, and maybe that was the right answer, but. Or maybe, or maybe he didn't think the relationship had become quite that personal. Could be that too. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it. as He's still a little bit oblivious. Well, and and not. I think, I think the he is. Thing. They never mention – He never notices the tears. Right.
1: So, and there is a certain uh, obliviousness to the doctor. I mean, especially in terms of personal relationships. Uh, it's not as bad. This time around, I mean, during the Clara years, it was really obvious, especially the, the first season uh, between him and Clara. I mean, it was just hideously bad. But,
0: like, yeah, with the this, cards, they're funny, but at the same time, you know, over the line.
1: So there was a little bit of that here, but you kind of got the feeling that, you know, he, th- that was a little bit of an apology when he said, I didn't get you a present. Uh, and it, it's it didn't sound dismissive. It's like more like a, an oops kind of thing. And but at the same time, the, the, the maybe again, it's that alien thought of, well, why would she give me a present?
0: So so let me ask this question. Why didn't that go anywhere? She sees the picture of the doctor in the mirror taking a yes. picture of his mom. And, of that, and, that, and then we don't address it any further. Not another word is spoken.
1: No, that I think is really like egregiously wrong. Uh, that should have been brought up. I mean, that would have been the first thing you know the first you when know, she walks right into the door happy new term hey that photo how did that happen
0: well not to mention that happy new term would be probably two uh, two weeks later at least right so you're going to have christmas you're going to have new year i assume that universities in britain are similar here you you have a break you have a gap of several weeks around that period of time so it's not like she got the christmas present saw the picture of the doctor and went back to the university and said <laughs> you know, no, just, no. I, I I just assumed that happy, you know, that the new term started after the new
1: year, right? So it's going to be at least a week because that was uh, at the very least, uh, which is a little unusual. I would, I mean, had that been me, you know, I think I would have made a special trip. Yeah. But even if I chose not to make a special trip, even if I chose to wait until the first day of the new term, the first words to come out of my mouth after Happy New Term is, "Please explain this photo." I'd, yeah, I'd have that picture in my hand. I was like, yes, I would uh, too.
0: That looks like you. No? Yeah, that's really interesting. Gee, looks just like you. Imagine I told that. I I didn't have any pictures of my mom, and then the next – and that day, I get them. I assume it's that day because she was giving – no, she was probably giving Christmas present to the doctor on the last day of the old term. Right. And she got the pictures on Christmas Day. So that's, probably. that's possible. Well,
1: that, that's but, most yeah. likely it because she, because she gave her foster mother a present. And she was putting it on, so and she gave Bill money. Yeah. So that must have been Christmas Day.
0: Yeah. So, all right. So that was very nice. Again, it's a character piece that's very nice. It's not uh-huh. – um, it's not um, – I'm going to – well, first off, I'm going to point to the part where the doctor's, you know, looking at the spaceship tracks, and, and Bill kind of goes out there and says, well, I know you know a whole bunch of stuff about – not, like basically everything but how are you on sci-fi and then she goes on to explain about the lizards in the brain which of course is exactly sort of what happened in the last show the doctor was in dr. mysterio mm. yeah um, and his line you know I'm gonna have to up my game <laughs> yes <laughs> like that was that was such a, a perfect moment I'm you know I liked it full points to 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 Moffitt for the character that he, the, the the interaction that he's written on these two i, I can't complain and then when at the end when he goes over to wipe her mind i and she figures it out yes i was like, really what, you happy you at wipe that my mind <laughs> like because you know he walks up on people all the time of course in the case of clara in the case of donna uh when he, well, in the case of Donna, you know, she, her brain is freaking out and he's coming over to comfort her. Or it appears like he's coming over to help well, maybe hug her, comfort her, and then zaps her brain. Okay, got it. Clara, when he starts, he does it to her for something. I can't remember when it was. But then she does it to him. Well, but that was with the machine later on. But uh, yeah. I think earlier there was an instance where I think it may have been Matt that was Smith's doctor that was trying to zonk her mind. And, you know, there was more like this. Is this a sort of you're coming on to me kind of thing? It's like, Clara, was that somebody else? I can't remember. But there was this, you know, there was this, you know, when he's coming. But in Bill's case, he's walking up to her and he's put his hands out. And it's like, and she, what else, she what knows. you think? He's like, mind wipe. Uh, alien, you're an alien from the planet. You're going to wipe my mind. And what I really liked about it was that she knows what's going to happen. She begs him because nobody would want that. Right. You know, nobody would want to find out about these things and then forget it and and then all right, go ahead and do it. You know, when he says it has to be done, she trusts him enough uh-huh. to do that. That is that is probably one of the biggest acts of faith a companion has ever given the doctor. And it you shows know? a lot
1: of depth to the character of Bill, and this is something that I, I I was very happy about. So I remember when we were introduced to who the new companion is going to be, it was uh, that that little one-minute bit, it, which we part of it was used in this episode when they were uh, on the that planet.
0: Was, I, that was convenient of them to have filmed some extra for the intro, but then just, you know, left it out because it was meaningless to the story. I, I kind of like that, but okay, go ahead. Yeah,
1: but anyway, I remember the way that entire clip was shown to us introducing Bill. My first thought was this Person is a flake, and I am already annoyed. I don't want to see her. I mean, I to the point where I think me and a lot of people were almost having a sense of dread. Me, too, about about she was terrible, she was awful, but but the dialogue
0: was trying too hard, is what the
1: problem it it really was. It was so over the top, and but that's what we were thought that's what we thought we were going to be getting, and instead we got someone who had a lot. She she was a she's a lot a much deeper personality and, and uh, much deeper thoughts than most people are willing to give her credit for. And I think that's one of the things that doctors saw in her, that mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't assume that she is capable of those kinds of thoughts. So but I ha- he sees it, and
0: that's why he takes her on. I, I don't know that – I didn't go back and watch her introduction video. I haven't but either. I think, but I-, I think there was one other change in it. There wasn't just that it was, a lot of it was cut out. You know, after he says they're Daleks, what's that? Da- they're called Daleks or whatever. And then that's, that's – you know, and then it goes on to blah, 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 blah. And that's where it went over the line. In this, did you see what she did when he said that? And he said – you know, I forgot how he phrased it. Talk to you later. I'll tell you later. They're just, they're just called Daleks. She has a smile on her face. She smiled at him. Yeah, she did I saw exactly that. exactly what he saw in the first place is that here's the mystery and Cool that's a mystery and i don't think that was in the introduction i think that that is i don't remember the you know the twitch over point where she, because she was more of a whiny mode and by switching to the smile it shuts down the whiny mode and it's just like okay go with it I remember this her being cool. whiny in that. I well, remember her whiny. It was it, whiny might not be exactly be the right word but it's like well, No, <laughs> what I that what I that. remember her was just asking her like she was just bombarding him with stupid questions.
1: Yeah. Which, yeah, she was just bombarding him with question after question after question about their situation and and Daleks and the doctor's simply trying to say they're just Daleks, they're evil. You know, and it, she wouldn't shut up about it. And there's
0: gunfire very going few on. few things are evil and, in this universe. Yeah, well, depending on where you are on the food chain. That was right. a nice line, actually. Good line, doctor. It was, uh, it was a very good line.
1: So i i didn't call, I didn't consider it to be whiny in the in the promo. Nonetheless, what we got here was a person of, uh, you know, again, she, I, this is a character of a lot of depth. And before the entire episode was over, I found myself immediately liking her thinking she's she's going to be okay
0: mm-hmm. i think so I, I i think we're if we get i mean and, and that's this is the one fear if we if always know one th- thing there's one thing that needs to be and i can't trust Stephen moffat to do but but we'll get to that but yeah i think she'll be okay i mean if we can yeah if we can get character consistency i think she'll be great so um let's let's Put the 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 big controversy in the room to the test because I don't have anything else about the episode specifically because there's not uh, much else about <laughs> really there isn't much else. So I mean the the, the big the big thing about uh, Bill Potts is that she's a lesbian. Oh, God, yeah, uh, and yeah, okay.
1: Let me let me just before we go you, any yeah, further, go. I just want to say one
0: thing: non-issue. Yes, I'm going to agree that it should be a non-issue. It is a non-issue. Here's the thing, though. Oh, there is you, no thing.
1: There is a it's thing. A non- no, it's a non-issue. The way they handled it, it's no different than... I'm talking uh, th- about the way they
0: handle it in the episode. I'm talking about the way they handle it before the episode. Oh, the, the announcement? The, the, the communications from Mr. Moffat. It says, well, you know, it's very integral to our character actually kind of isn't sexuality isn't really. actually integral to uh, most of the characters in doctor who, unless it's Amy Pond and, and that's or doctor or, you know, or, or Jack Dr. Hartness. Yeah. Jack Harkness. Um, but she's like, you know, we're going to introduce this in the very first scene with her. And it's it going to be way overplayed. I was like, okay, yeah, I didn't care. So that. actually the doctor is talking to her about why does she come to her lectures? And she just suddenly sp- spews off into a complete and utter tangent about fancying some girl in the chip line and feeding her chips and stuff. And the doctor even calls her out on it as being, how is that in any way relevant to this? And you, it's, it, just, it's it not, isn't, it isn't. And it's like, and so that's what Moffitt calls, you know, a, a perfectly organic and natural and germane way to introduce it into the plot. And it's like, you see, it doesn't, it still feels ham fisted. And there is also that scene where I forgot what the, the girl said. You want to come with me? And Bill goes, God, yes. And I'm like, wow, I just watched an episode of coupling. She sounds exactly like every sex obsessed man in coupling. It's like Moffitt's writing the same lines. And I have no idea, but it's like, it's, it's not that it's an issue. It's, Moffat's ability to handle it that worries me because he is obsessed with sexuality and has been in many of his works and and I don't just mean you know of all kinds he's just I mean it drives a lot of people's motivations in this world and I, you know here he's set up a companion who's finally back into the mold where they're not into the they, they're they driven by some sort of sexual attraction to the doctor <clears throat> and then they that. okay I'm, but, gonna, I'm just gonna but, say one
1: th- I'm just gonna say this I don't agree with one thing you just said right there but I'm not gonna argue the point because I don't feel like doing it
0: fine that's fine um, but that's I don't think he's the sensitive man to handle it anyway all right next week we're gonna be going to emoji farm that yeah not filling me with but we'll see. <laughs> It could
1: be interesting i didn 't have a lot of faith going into this episode no no, i agree Can i mean, i know? I was going to this one rather uh, w- w- i w- 'm not going to say skepticism, but uh, with a great uh, I-, I was I was anticipating a lot of disappointment, and maybe that 's why I liked it so much because it, it I-, I was expecting something to be really, really poor. And disappointing as we've been getting for the past several season premieres, uh, and mm. then to, to get something that was just completely refreshing and really did feel like a reboot. I mean, I mean, this could have been any episode that a new person could just jump right into and you know appreciate. I think from from the get go, uh, there was something very just it, it was it was almost effervescent. Maybe we'll get that. Or maybe now we're going to start treading down that very old familiar path that we've seen with many past episodes. What I just hope we don't get is, you know, this. That I, I don't want the entire thing to be burdened down like we were getting for the past couple of years. I, I just don't want to see that again.
0: No, I'm, I'm not uh, in a, a strong. I, I can accept a strong story thread through a series and i can i can really appreciate it i can appreciate the craftsmanship that goes into it i can appreciate the mystery that can be built into it doctor Who has never done it right no it hasn't you know it's always tacked on like a bad wolf or it's um uh the the one-eyed patched lady popping through the window looking at amy throughout uh was that series six um, something like that yeah i think it was where you know it, it, that whole it, impossible
1: it, astronaut thing was hideous,
0: yeah, and, and you know that that was an attempt to build it into it, and it just it just doesn't it hasn't gelled right it doesn't feel like one cohesive story, and I think that's probably because of the whole you know eight different writers and not really a linear story that they're telling right <clears throat> uh, Do- Do- doctor who may not be
1: the vehicle for that kind of uh, storytelling – now, I, I, I think that what they may want to do is you know, take a look back at some of the past uh, you know, classic series where there was uh, some kind of a continuing storyline, be it uh, the key of time, although there were weak moments there. But still, there were a lot of very strong individual episodes. Uh, trial of a Time Lord. <laughs> one of the well, one, yeah, yeah, not
0: not the best example, but, but Key of still, time did actually, Key of Time actually had a the the thread was not a mystery. No, really, it was like you've got these. It was six a quest. Tasks. It was a quest. You have got these six things to go get, and you go get them, and each story can be different. And if they they could structure something that way. Like the Doctor had to go find some thing to open this vault or close this vault and that would kind of make a, a certain amount of sense and you would be able to to tell a story without burdening down uh burdening down the ending perhaps yeah but- yeah, because what we've seen in past
1: series uh whatever the 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 plot issue is for that season it had such a negative impact on the way the characters were developed that I found myself not liking them, and that 's the one thing you don 't want to do to your viewers. You I mean, this is Doctor Who. Okay, the argument, you know you can argue back and forth, what is the show about? Is the show about the doctor or is it about the companion? In either case, they both need to be likable. and what we 've had in the past were two characters that became to be they came they, they were at such odds with each other, especially last year. They were at such odds that I could not like them at all. Is it last year, or the year before, or oh, actually both? The
0: Danny Pink year was.
1: Oh, the Dan- worst. Oh, that was horrible, and I, I really found myself just intensely disliking Clara and not really caring for the doctor all that much. You know, and that's a great way to push your viewer away. What we got here in this pilot was something, you know, <laughs> you see what I just did? <laughs> what, it, was, it was great. I mean, I liked the Doctor. I liked Bill. I liked them together. Let's keep that going. And Nardole. We, yes, I don't like Nardole. I like this combination. I like the chemistry. Let's keep that going in a positive direction. You can have your through storyline, whatever it is for the season, so long as it doesn't negatively impact your characters. And I think that's where it all falls apart, because uh, I remember seeing interviews or hearing interviews with with Moffat talking about how this is, you know, the Doctor's going to go down a really dark path, and blah blah blah. And like, why do you have to do that? Why? Why is that necessary? And so, you know, obviously there is some kind of a path that the Doctor's on. Drama. Well, yeah, and there's and the Doctor is obviously on some kind of a path because what did he say to? um you know towards the end of the episode well first he's he's talking and talking to bill he talks about you know i'm in disguise no one's mm-hmm. supposed to know that made i'm here and then and then after she leaves he's he first looks at the picture of river you shut up looks at the picture of susan you shut up the tardis lights up you shut up too i made a promise i'm like okay Obviously, this is going to affect his character in some fashion, but I'd like to think that it's countered by the very thing he says to Bill at the very end of the episode with, what the hell? Straight from Back to the Future. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Uh, I'd like to think that this will still keep the lightness.
0: I hope so. I I really do. I do too. So, one thing. You reminded me of one. Moments that Nardole was too close to the line. I'd leave that for a few minutes before you go. Oh, the toilet, yeah. The toilet humor, it's like, he's a robot. <laughs> um, uh, unless it stinks of grease, I don't know. So that one was, that one was, that was close. And, and the other thing I want to mention is the trailers for this episode, not the trailers at the end of this episode. Um, all the things that we were led up to build, build up to this episode, and... I thought that this was a Dalek episode and that which it really wasn't. And that that scene where Wet Heather comes out of the ground and, and says exterminate meant that Wet Heather was some sort of Dalek technology. Yeah, some sort of Dalek hybrid. So they, they really pulled a fast one. Yeah, that was a that was that was a, a bait and switch. And I suspect that we're going to get more of that. I think they're oh, going to spend yes. more time because they can't keep spoilers down too much, but they can—they can mislead the audience. They can mislead the audience quite quite well, and uh, um, you know, I'm I'm in a way kind of appreciate that because I I yeah because I don't, there wasn't need no, to be surprised, but at the same time, I like Well, I like to I like to be a little bit surprised because there was a time where trailers were. Uh, what you saw was very linear, in, yes. and
1: I'm talking years, 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 years past. They were very linear, except for maybe a few little you know, snippets here and there. But for the most part, they were pretty linear. And if you had a, if, if you were clever enough, you could kind of uh, get a sense of the story just from watching the trailer. And now that's not possible. And in a way, I'm kind of I, I like that. I mean, I call it a a, a, a bait and switch, but uh, at the same time, though, I don't want to see something that's going to completely telegraph the entire episode for me. Mess with my head a little bit. Don't lie to me. Don't I mean, lie, lie to me in the they're, trailer. They're all scenes. They're, I mean, that's, that's the thing because I've seen trailers where it's like, wait a minute, where did that scene go? Rogue One. Yeah, yeah Rogue <laughs> One. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, as long as what you show – is in the episode? Hey, put it in any order to mess with the minds, you know, or or to give it a different sense of continuity. Hey, that's great. I have no problem with that whatsoever.
0: All right. Well, um, off to um, a pretty decent start, I'd say. Then I would. In fact, I I thought that. Uh, I mean, yes, yeah, this episode's not
1: perfect. It has its shortcomings, as we've discussed, but. I would say, in many ways, this is probably the finest episode that Moffat wrote since becoming showrunner. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, the eleventh hour. I was going to say eleventh hour is pretty strong. Pretty awesome. Yeah. That is a, that is a pretty
0: strong episode. But everything from that point on was just downhill. Well, I have to say it was a strong lead, and it was kind of downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but that yeah, was an it was. incredibly strong lead so but this is this is the strongest one he 's had since
1: that time. Uh, plot was ridiculous at best. Characterizations were great, gave us a nice little mystery, which could be fun. Uh, I love the fact that the doctor had been teaching it at university for fifty years. I thought that was a nice touch, although that does sort of create a little bit of a time paradox or contradiction, because that means that the Doctor would have had to have been on Earth at the same time his earlier incarnation was working with Unit.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think actually uh, actually, she said it was 50, and the Doctor said it was more more well, like than seven, 60, yeah. seven, 60, 70, something like that. So he's been there for a long time in disguise yeah. uh, as the Doctor, and clearly the university indulges him must know something about him because how could he be there for 70 years? And let him t- uh, you know, t- lecture on t- whatever, he, whatever wants. he wants. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Ben, thank you for joining me. Always a pleasure. And listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, FusionPatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle, at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at FusionPatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.